0: This is Guidepost, a new podcast from the publishers of The CRISPR Journal. Welcome to Guidepost. I'm Kevin Davis, executive editor of The CRISPR Journal. On this episode, we're talking to our sponsor, Synthago Corporation, which is increasing accessibility to CRISPR through its portfolio of engineered cells products and CRISPR kits. Learn more at Synthigo.com. Kevin Holden is a microbiologist by training. He spent a decade at various synthetic biology startups before joining Synthego, which is based in the Bay Area, about two and a half years ago. Appropriately, as head of synthetic biology, I spoke with Kevin during the CRISPR 2018 conference in Lithuania to learn more about Synthego's culture, its gene editing technology, and some of its latest offerings. So, Kevin Holden from Synthego, thanks for joining me today. Nice to be here. Uh, We want to hear about Synthego, but first I think let's get uh, just a sense of your background and what brought you to the company before we hear about the company's mission and what sets it apart in this uh, crowded CRISPR tools and product space.
1: Yeah, great. Um, So, my background actually is I have a PhD in Microbiology that I earned from the University of California at Davis and after i left that program um, i got very interested in the kind of growing synthetic biology space this is about 10 years ago now yeah um, and ended up landing at a george church founded <laughs> startup in san francisco uh, that was generating biofuels what was that one uh, it was called ls9 yes yes and um was that true Endy involved in that uh i maybe at the okay. very beginning uh okay. j a little bit too yeah and uh so kind of from there uh moved on from doing metabolic engineering into uh, essentially synthetic biology and in particular method development Yeah, that in turn led to me getting involved in uh, the CRISPR space. And then actually my involvement with Synthego was that I was... Um, an early access customer, a very early access customer. Oh, right. And I was trying to obtain some of the materials that they were they were generating at the very beginning of the company.
0: And where were you at that
1: point? I was still at, at LS9. Okay. And um, yeah, so I was actually, LS9 had been acquired by um, a larger biofuel company, yeah. Renewable Energy Group. And so I was essentially establishing collaborations right. with people I thought were interesting and Synthego came up. So you're a,
0: a satisfied customer, and you like the company so much, you decided to join them. Yeah, something like that. yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us how Synthigo got started, because there's some there's some interesting and quite unique aspects to that story.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, it was founded by um, two brothers, Paul and Mike Dabrowski, who came out of uh, SpaceX originally. Mm. So they were pretty early employees. Um, they reported directly to Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, and so they were in charge of things like oh, uh, oh. digital design and uh, software. Uh, engineering, yeah, essentially responsible for writing code and, and doing design for rockets that would eventually go to the International Space Station. Um, and I think as SpaceX grew, you know, they they really liked that small kind of startup vibe, yeah. Um, but they got very interested in how they might apply the engineering principles they'd learned in kind of the aerospace industry into technologies and fields that were kind of underserved by engineering principles, and you know, particularly they got interested in biotechnology. You know, and if you think about it, you know, there really does need to be more of a marriage between engineering and science, Mm. Um, especially when it comes to the way that scientists do experiments. Most science is still done kind of by hand where you're just pipetting Mm. one thing at a time. And, um, you know, this leads not only to, you know, research kind of being slow Mm. in a way, but also, not being very reproducible. Uh, And I think we see that when, you know, there's so many papers out there that uh, people just can't reproduce results from. Mm. Um, As somebody who used to work in method development, I know this uh, pretty acutely because I don't know how many times I (laughs) read a paper and I thought that's a great method. And Mm. I tried to bring it into my lab and I just Mm. couldn't get it to work. Mm. So, um, you know, so I I think they they became very interested in, um, you know, how can we develop uh, sort of engineering? How can we provide engineering principles to biotechnology workflows, uh, particularly synthetic biology. Um, and that involves things not just like automation, but also understanding um, essentially bioinformatics approaches, computational biology approaches, and, you know, just sort of thinking a little bit differently about how to do science, um, Right. particularly on, on how we can actually standardize science as okay. well. But it would
0: appear to be a far cry from... Writing code for rockets going to the International Space Station to editing tiny slivers of DNA. So how how did that evolution uh, happen?
1: Yeah, it's it's quite a bit different. So I I think uh, initially they, they got very interested in um, how basically um, nucleic acid synthesis um, was working, huh. and you know you, th- there were uh, there were companies that were kind of growing up like uh, like Twist and and, and so yeah. forth. But you know that's the the DNA synthesis business is is pretty cutthroat and yeah. um, it's also it's actually not that challenging to do that. Um, yeah. and there's also DNA is a commodity, you know, DNA, yeah. if you're paying more than 10 cents a base for DNA, you're kind of getting ripped off these days. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they, They got very interested in, because around this time, you know, CRISPR started coming out. And, um, you know, as they understood that, it's an RNA-guided nuclease, um, right? So the CRISPR-Cas9 system. So they got very interested in how you could synthesize RNA. And then, you know, Jennifer Doudna's lab, uh, Martin Janek, who's um, here at this conference where we're at, um, published that you could make these hybrid single-guide RNAs that effectively were more um, advantageous for doing CRISPR editing than the way that nature does it with a CRISPR RNA and a tracer RNA. And um, you know, George Church's lab, Prashant Mali, showed the same thing, and so they became very interested in how you could synthesize these long synthetic guide RNAs, and so they turned their attention to uh, trying to synthesize those. So they, you know, and, and that led them to basically looking at, uh, I guess, current synthesis technologies right. and machinery, right? Pulling it apart and saying, how can we build this better, right? Mm. And how can we, how can we also, how can we automate um, mm. a piece of machinery like this, and and actually, how can we actually run it? Using software, mm. so um, to make it more reproducible, mm. reproducible, and really push the limits of of how you can do this, because it was very difficult to synthesize RNA longer than eighty nucleotides, yeah. and these single guides are hundred nucleotides. Okay. Um, and so, you know, people could do this, and when I before I came to Synthego, I was trying to um, purchase these types of materials, but they were very cost and time prohibitive to get. Yeah. So, you know, you wait like a month to get a guide, and it would cost thousands of dollars. Yeah. So. So what is the key to getting these these long guides? Is it, is it a chemical modification? Yeah, so actually, um, so, you know, so what they've done is they, you know, the, the engineers who founded the company and, and the chemists, um, they essentially built this uh, new synthesis architecture from the ground up. Mm. And they haven't really innovated on how you do the chemistry, the RNA chemistry. Um, that's been well known for for a long time now, and okay. it's very effective. Yeah. What they have innovated on is how you control that chemical reaction. Okay. Um, and that's down to controlling microfluidics essentially using a software platform okay. um, that's what that's what we built in yeah. the RNA factory um, right
0: yeah the RNA factory.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, what? Um, tell us about
0: the sort of the first phase of products before we get in, get on to some of the new, exciting new uh, things that you've just announced very recently.
1: Yeah. So, the, kind of the first phase of products um, for the company was to generate these um, RNA molecules, and then we started uh, when I joined the company. I started a new early access program where yeah. we reached out to a lot of key opinion leaders in the CRISPR space, yeah. who we knew either were trying to get these materials or who had had been buying them. Uh, yeah. These really it's crazy costs and so uh these included people like matthew porteous at Stanford university mm. who's developing uh, ex vivo therapies yep. for uh, stem cells hematopoietic stem cells uh, for things like sickle cell yeah yeah so we reached out to people like that um they were very excited they didn't really believe that we could generate these 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 types of materials um i didn't either before I joined huh. the company okay <laughs> but we, we we can and we did And so, you know, the first set of products were were based on materials that came out of this RNA factory. And the factory is kind of built in a way that uh, we're able to Mm. basically massively scale the footprint of the factory. Mm. Um, And so these included things like the modified versions, uh, chemically modified versions of these (laughs) single guide RNAs. Um, We could also make any custom RNA um, we made. Different types of chemistries for different researchers that requested it. Right. Um, and then this also scaled up into things like um, uh, generating in large amounts all the way up to gram scale. And now we're actually putting a lot of time and effort into developing a GMP facility. Right. So
0: that was my next question. Are these just yeah. for research purposes or yeah. can they be used clinically?
1: Yeah, so um, they can be used clinically. Um, you know, uh, we're actually part now of this gene editing consortium uh, with NIST and mm-hmm. the FDA, mm-hmm. uh, the National Institutes of Standards and Technology. Um, Mm. and so we're very interested in trying to support researchers from basically the bench to the bedside Mm. Um, and you know it's still coming into the foray exactly how Mm. pure these uh, RNA molecules need to be in and so forth, but um, we're ready to support people on that. Mm. But beyond basically being able to scale up the material, um, it's also scaling out. Mm. So, on this, you know, we designed and built uh, libraries for making gene knockouts in the whole human li- mm. whole human genome, for example. So, um, yeah, so really the first products were based on um, uh, helping researchers to not only edit their cells more effectively with CRISPR Cas9 mm. um, in an optimal way using these modified single guides, but edit cells that were difficult to edit, like mm. T cells. Um, stem cells, and also being able to access resources like a like a knockout library for the whole human genome.
0: Right. Um, you've also got some pretty impressive folks who have recently joined the advisory board.
1: Um, yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty exciting. <laughs> tell, us, tell us how they've helped. Yeah. So uh, one of them is Sir Andrew Witty, who's the former CEO of GSK. Yeah, Andrew joined, um, uh, I guess, almost a year ago now okay. uh, as an advisor to the company you know obviously he's very well connected in the pharmaceutical space and so he's been able to give us some very invaluable insights into yeah. um, how we'd like to uh, basically partner with pharmaceutical companies, yeah. um, both on these types of projects with, with that involve things like CRISPR and RNA, but not only that, but also um, uh, how we can actually help support the whole drug discovery platform. And, and that leads into other product, products we're generating now as well. Okay. Um, and then also um, you know, notably Jennifer Doudna, who uh, we announced earlier this year. Yeah. And so we had a very um, close interaction with Jennifer uh, about Two years ago, uh, just you know, bumping into her at conferences and getting her excited about Synthego, and she yeah. came. She came to visit. She was very excited about the company. She actually personally invested in the company in, in the Series B fundraise we did in 2017. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, it just you know, I think she was really impressed by in, in the short amount of time um, what we're able to accomplish at Synthego leading from one series of products to another and uh, you know so excited that she wanted to join the advisory board which has been great that's great Great validation of the company and its technology
0: certainly yes so the the new product um, that's really caught my eye and I think my senses has really captured uh, the attention of a lot of people in the community are Synthigo's engineered cells that'd be be great if you could tell us a little bit about uh, about what this uh, this line is
1: yeah so I mean essentially this this was part of the the roadmap for the company for a long time Mm. um, because you know we, we Generate uh, a large number of these chemically synthesized uh, guide RNAs. Yeah. And you know, if you want to do CRISPR in, in some kind of automated fashion, um, in a highly parallel type of way, it's very important to have a very accurate and reproducible synthesis process. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what helps us. So we have this factory that generates the guides, and you know, we provide those to researchers all over the world. But now we, we're also a mass consumer of those guide RNAs. So we have a very cheap um, source, if you will, um, of reliable, good quality material for doing yeah. for doing CRISPR. And what we've been able to do is generate a automated platform um, for doing uh, CRISPR-Cas9 editing in uh, yeah. cell lines and actually also primary cells. And so the Engineered Cells product is a way uh, for us to essentially helps to standardize um, CRISPR-Cas9 for um, a lot of people who want to get into the CRISPR game, but also people who are already in it right now. Okay. Um, so we offer several different products in this category. We, we offer pools of cells that um, have very high rates of indels from CRISPR-Cas9, so it's very easy to obtain a clone or actually use that knockout pool for, a, yeah. for an assay. Um, but we can also do um, custom uh, clonal knockouts or, and clonal knock-ins as well and so we're because we've built an automated platform for this because we're synthesizing our guides um, we think we can be very disruptive in terms mm. of pricing and also time to deliver these types of products um, mm. in the marketplace um, you know and it, this really kind of fits in with the core company culture which is to have scientists spend less time thinking uh, about method development and actually mm. making what they need um, and more time actually running their functional mm. assays um, using things like uh, gene knockouts in, in cell lines so what's sort of cells if i'm a customer
0: if i'm a researcher what sort of cells can i potentially get my gene of interest um uh, crisped
1: yeah so right now we're essentially working and how with, much does it cost
0: <laughs> yeah um
1: so you have, to, you have to talk to the sales guys on that okay but, um, on the cost but it's um it's you know they're, they're to get a, a knockout pool of cells, um, you know, it's less than 2000 I think it's less than $3,000, excuse me, right now. Right, okay. So um, that's a pretty disruptive price. Yeah. Um, we can yeah. deliver those in about four to six weeks. So, wow. um, you know, if you go somewhere else and you ask someone to make you that, um, you're looking at at least twice the price yeah. and twice the time. Yeah. Um, and we'll actually get better at doing that as we go along. Okay. Um, you know, we've been delivering knockout uh, cell lines in about 11 weeks, which is pretty incredible. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think that... You know, again, this is a way that we can be kind of we can be disruptive um, in, in this marketplace.
0: Okay, and what other products I and mean, where does that fit in the sort of the, the current repertoire, the current portfolio of, of, of products that Synthego has? Is this going? Is this one of the the major initiatives, or is this just a? just sort of icing on the cake.
1: No, this is definitely a major initiative. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, it's going to enable people who um, maybe want to get into the CRISPR game that don't want to spend a lot of time developing new methodologies yeah. um, to essentially make make a knockout line or, um, you know, a knock in line for, for their particular research project right. uh, very quickly and very efficiently. Um, so right. I think it's going to enable people on that, but it's also going to enable people who are already doing CRISPR to I- increase their bandwidth as well. Okay. So it's a lot, of, a lot of companies right now that are trying to bring, CRISPR technology in house and yeah. essentially master that art, and you know we're we're saying to them like, hey, you know, if you want to spend less time working on that sort of method development, you know, we we've been able to to do this you know in house and we've we've gotten very good at it. Um, going back to your earlier question about what types of cells that you could yeah. use for this. You know, we're essentially enabling this right now in virtually every cell line you can imagine. So if you go to our website and you want to order um, a knockout pool in a cell line, I think there's a list of over 700 different cell lines in there. Wow! Um, and, you know, as we go on in the future, we'll move into to other cells too.
0: That's great. Um, just a few more questions then before we wrap up. Um, oh, you mentioned um, that, you know, you, the company's also been doing a lot of work in computational biology and, and bioinformatics and uh, a lot of those, a lot of that, um, work is made uh, freely available. I understand.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So actually, last year, sort of separate from our, our main Series B fund, funding round, um, we actually also took in money from Intel Corporation, which was kind of interesting because it's the first time they've actually invested in a, in a in a bio in a company in the biotechnology space. Yeah. Um, I'll say we're more of an engineering company that is is uh, is becoming uh, more biotechnology. Yeah. Um, but you know, as we develop this automated platform for generating uh, cell lines for doing knockouts and things like this, um, it really became obvious to us that we need to develop the right kind of software tools to help enable how we design uh, projects, how we design guides, how we design knockouts and knock-ins and things like this. So we developed a series of tools and also how we also analyze CRISPR editing very quickly and efficiently. So we developed a series of tools on the bioinformatics side that we use internally and we vet internally and um, eventually we release these as uh, free free open-source versions for the CRISPR community to use as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on the computational biology side, because because we're doing uh, you know tens of thousands of edits, we're learning a lot about what happens when you make double-stranded breaks in a cell. Yeah. Um, and so we're getting very good at being able to predict what can happen in these types of events. And generating this kind of information um, from all the editing that we're doing is really helping to enable us to do our projects faster. So right. we'll, that'll help us get to delivering... Right. New cell line products faster than we than anyone yeah. else can really.
0: Well, tremendous progress in the last um, couple of years. I'd say, what does the roadmap look like for the company, both on the product side, and then perhaps whatever you can tell us, yeah, more on the on the business side as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely exciting. Um, I think that um, you know you're probably likely to see some other new technologies that come out of Synthego um, uh-huh. in the not too distant future. Okay, I can't tell you what all those are, but some they may or may not even have. Anything to do with gene editing, um, I think that you know we'll look to find other areas um, in this space where we feel we can be disruptive or we feel we can actually provide some great benefit to the community um, or, or services to companies that are that are studying uh, not just necessarily looking for drug targets or things like this, but also how um, different genes and proteins interact with each other inside of the cell. So yeah. um, there's a lot of interesting things that, that we can look at, um, yeah. and I also think you know you'll see kind of smarter, better ways to do uh, CRISPR as well. Um, mm. That, that will come out from us as well so yeah stay tuned <laughs>
0: we surely we sure will well thanks for the the insight and uh, also thanks to the company for uh, clothing an entire generation of graduate students your <laughs> genome engineer shirts have been uh, the hit of the mm-hmm. uh, of the conference uh, circuit over the last 12 months I would say
1: yeah I'd have to say thanks to uh, the marketing department for that <laughs> we, we have a lot of our you know we're based in Silicon Valley and you know so yeah. we have a lot of uh, marketing people who come from that world and right. they really bring kind of a fresh perspective to um to how, to how we do things so that's yeah, great so yeah. yeah thank you Kevin you're, I appreciate it
0: you're that. giving the Christmas Journal a, t- a tough act to follow so <laughs>
1: we're trying them. alright Kevin Holden from Synthego. thanks so much for joining me thanks Kevin appreciate it